0: Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, June 23rd, 2023. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week, and margaritas are in order. Why should you get margaritas this week? Well, because this past week was the summer solstice, which means that as of now, days are going to start getting shorter Once again. And for those of us who despise the summer and long for fall and winter, that's a good thing. That means we've reached the apex of summer, and now the days are going to start getting shorter. Doesn't mean they're going to start getting cooler, unfortunately, because... we still got to go through all of them hot fucking days in July, August, and September, but at least it's going to start getting shorter... Which means we're going to start marching towards fall. Which hopefully gets here sooner rather than later. I just can't fucking stand summer. I, I just, I really can't fucking stand summer. The heat, the humidity, the fucking ball sweat. I, you know, listen. For the ladies listening out there. You got to understand something. It doesn't matter if you're a big guy, or if you're a little guy, if you're tall, if you're short, if you're, if you're stocky, if you're thin, it doesn't matter. When it's 85, 90, 95 degrees outside, we can generate enough sweat in the taintal region of our sack to populate an entire fucking swamp, hence the reason it's called Swamp Ass. And then ladies go, oh, you need to wash your balls. You want me to lick them, you're going to need to wash them. We can't get them clean. We can't. Corey Holcomb, the comedian, said it best, and I'm going to repeat it here. We could boil our nuts in water for an hour. And walking from the bathroom to the bedroom, our nuts are going to hit the inside of our thigh 18 more times and be back on 10. It is impossible to keep them clean. And during the summer... Holy fucking balls. It's bad. And guys, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's the middle of July, you're sweating like a whore in church, you reach down to scratch your fucking balls and you pull your hand up and all of a sudden you catch a whiff of that smell and your you yourself you Excuse me, I literally made myself gag for real that time. Whew, my eyes are watering. And I'm currently clean. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, the summer solstice has come and gone. So the days are going to start getting shorter. So hopefully, we're not too unbearable for the rest of the summer, but we will see. Uh, And as I've already stated, I am not a summer guy. But I digress. We got to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the news of the week. Uh, the housekeeping, as always, is for the people that are finding us for the first time. If you're finding me for the very first time, if this is the first time you're listening to one of my podcasts, there's something that you need to know. A couple of things, actually, that you need to know. Uh, one, this is not a professional podcast. This is an amateur podcast. This is not done in a professional studio. I don't have a producer. I don't have an editor. I don't have a mixer. I, I normally do this from my home office on my laptop. Today I'm doing it from my workshop out in the backyard on my iPhone. because so My wife is home and she's now working from home and her office is right across the hall from mine and she's on conference calls this morning. So, I'm out here in the workshop so I don't disturb anybody. She didn't ask me to come out here or nothing like that. I'm just being respectful as a decent husband. But uh, the point being is, you're going to hear some background noise, right? Uh, being out here in the workshop, you're probably going to hear some, some birds chirping. And the neighbor might fire up the lawnmower. Maybe another neighbor lets their dog out and you hear it bark. It's just, it is what it is. This is not meant to be a finished, polished product for everybody to enjoy. This is meant to be a little bit more abstract. It's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting the shit, okay? So don't send me emails if you hear some background noise. Uh, secondly, if you're finding me for the very first time, you need to know about my website, which is oldhippiemedia.com. That's old oldhippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, H-I-P-P-I-E media.com and that is the correct way to spell hippie by the way hippie is not spelled with a Y on the end at that website you're gonna find everything you want to know about me you're gonna find my blog links on where you can follow me on all of the social media sites uh, TikTok, Twitter Instagram Facebook clapper YouTube I do have a YouTube channel go subscribe to it uh, all the various social media sites you're gonna find a link on where you can buy my first two books I have written two books and self-published them. They are uh, Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020, and A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco Loving Deadhead. They are available in paperback and ebook formats. You're going to find a link to my e-commerce store, my merch. I have merch just like anybody else, t-shirts and hoodies and wine tumblers and coasters and ornaments and all kinds of shit. You're going to find a link on where you can book me on Cameo Uh, if you want to do a video shout out to somebody, if you want to tell somebody happy birthday, congratulations on the promotion, Uh, or if you just want me to tell somebody in video format that that their favorite sports team sucks ass or uh, that their mama's a hoe. I can do that for you for a small fee over on Cameo. You're also going to find links on how you can get a hold of me, how to send me something, and how to support me in general. That, once again, can all be found at oldhippymedia.com. Now, I don't mention that for the rest of the podcast because I try not to turn this into a giant advertisement because who the fuck wants to sit through an hour-long advertisement for some schmuck in the suburbs of Chicago? So, we move on to the stories of the week. Uh, we predominantly talk about politics here. I'm going to start with a couple of non-political stories here, uh, and the first one being Andrew Tate professional douchebag being charged I'm going to now read to you from BBC controversial influencer Andrew Tate has been charged in Romania with rape, human trafficking and forming an organized crime group to sexually exploit women Uh, let me just pause the story right there that's what you have to do when you can't get a woman to touch your dick voluntarily when you're so much of a scumbag human being that you have to form a crime group to sexually exploit women, that is, that is proof positive that you can't get a woman to touch it. So you've got to forcibly take it. His brother Tristan and two associates also face charges, all have denied the allegations. The Tate brothers appeared in court for the first time on Wednesday. As he left court, Andrew Tate said, I love this country and I look forward to being found innocent. The brothers were first arrested at their Bucharest home in December before being moved to house arrest in March. The indictment deposited with the Bucharest court says the four defendants formed an organized criminal group in 2021 to commit human trafficking in Romania but also in other countries, including the U.S. and the U.K. It names seven alleged victims who it says were recruited by the Tate brothers through false promises of love and marriage. The alleged victims were later taken to buildings in, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, it's Ilfav County in Romania, where they were intimidated, placed under constant surveillance and control forced into debt, according to a statement by Romanian prosecutors. The defendants allegedly then forced the women to take part in pornography, which was later shared on social media. One defendant is accused of raping a woman twice in March of 2022, the statement adds. The trial will not start immediately and is expected to take several years. A Romanian judge now has 60 days to inspect the case files before it can be sent to trial. The media team for the Tate brothers said, quote, while this news is undoubtedly predictable, we embrace the opportunity it presents to demonstrate their innocence and vindicate their uh, reputation. It added that the indictment, quote, allows us to present a comprehensive body of evidence diligently uh, collected and prepared over time, which will undoubtedly substantiate the brothers' claims of innocence. There are also separate charges still under investigation, which could lead to a separate indictment, including money laundering and trafficking of minors. In 2016, Andrew Tate, a British-American former kickboxer, was removed from British, uh, British TV show Big Brother over a video which appeared to show him attacking a woman. He went on to gain notoriety online, with Twitter banning him for saying women should bear some responsibility for being sexually assaulted. He has since been reinstated because, of course, douchebags now control Twitter. Despite social media bans, he gained popularity because among other young men, by particularly among the other young men, by promoting what was presented as a hyper-masculine, ultra-luxurious lifestyle. Now, if you guys don't know who Andrew Tate is, you might want to look this guy up uh, so you can get familiar with him as the case approaches, but... He is, as I said in the beginning, a uh, professional douchebag, and you can tell by the content that he's put forth over the years that uh, women don't want to have anything to do with this fucking scumbag, which is why he's got to rape them, which is why he has to traffic in them. And personally, as an American citizen, I would like to see him extradited to the United States to stand trial here if he human trafficked here in the United States. I would like to see him convicted for trafficking of minors here in the states and have him put in a prison here and let the inmates find out that he was fucking kids. Because big bad tough guy Andrew Tate wouldn't last a fucking week. He'd be somebody's bitch inside of a day. He'd be painting somebody's toenails inside of two days. And within a week's time, if he didn't off himself, somebody in the prison would. One less pedophile scumbag piece of shit cocksucker in the uh, world is not going to make me shed a tear. Hopefully the Romanians fist fuck this motherfucker as hard as they possibly can. Uh, watch this space. There'll be more news on the Andrew Tate case as it uh, unfolds. Uh, but we're going to move on now to a, a, a news story that has captured my attention as well as the attention of the world, and that would be of the missing sub near the wreck of the Titanic. Now, I'm going to read to you from AP News from an article I pulled down yesterday before they found the pieces of the sub, okay? The search for uh, the sub on an expedition to view the wreckage of the Titanic past the critical 96-hour mark Thursday when breathable air could have run out, a grim moment in the intense effort to save the five people aboard. The Titan Submersible was estimated to have about a four-day supply of breathable air when it launched Sunday morning in the North Atlantic, but experts have emphasized that it was an imprecise approximation to begin with, and could be extended if passengers have taken measures to conserve breathable air. Now, I'm only going to read that much of that article that I pulled down for you, because it goes on to what could possibly happen to these people, what steps have been taken in order to try and... Um, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm trying to read my own notes here, In order to try and save them, but at the end of the day, the news broke... Um, At the end of the day yesterday, the news broke that uh, authorities have now uh, said that they are all dead. That uh, they heard a noise that is consistent with an implosion and have found debris from the submarine on the floor of the ocean near the Titanic as well as some debris on the Titanic itself. And I've been asked... What my opinion is on this whole thing, and here it is. Obviously, that is a an insane way to go out, right? You go down in a in a uh, what is essentially a homemade submersible, uh, and, and it implodes and just shreds you to pieces in the process. I would say that it's. Better to go out that way than just sitting on the ocean floor in a freezing cold tin can, starving to death and running out of oxygen. Uh, But nobody wants to go out either way. And I understand the people that have made memes and jokes about it because they're millionaires and billionaires, and why should we lose sleep over a millionaire or a billionaire uh, uh, essentially killing themselves? And I get it. I understand. I totally understand that point of view. I come at it from a slightly different point of view. While while I shed no tears for these people because they did this to themselves, I also c- can't help but think about the, the tremendous waste that occurred in this entire incident. It's my understanding that these people t- paid $250,000 to get on this sub think about what could have been done with that money instead. Think about the people that that could help. I mean, think about how many people you know in your life right now that if you gave them $5,000 cash, it would mean the world to them. It would would completely change their entire year if you gave them $5,000 cash. I see this incredible waste of money, I see this incredible waste of resources, and it just makes me wonder what we could have done instead of blowing it on what is essentially a vanity project. I want to say that I went down to the Titanic wreckage site. I'm not a person that says that millionaires and billionaires shouldn't exist. I'm a capitalist. And I'm a person that says, as long as the people who work for you are taken care of, then you should be able to go out and make as much money as humanly possible. As long as the people that work for you aren't on government assistance in order to survive, as long as you're giving them a livable wage, as long as they're living a decent life based on what you pay them, and you in turn are able to go out and make a billion dollars a year, then do so. And you're welcome to do whatever the fuck you want with your money. Once you've earned it, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. I, I certainly don't want people telling me what to do with my money. It just, it. How much good could you have done with $250,000? How much could you have done for your community? And then what we spent a week looking for you guys. How much money was spent on that expedition? Personally, I think that the estates of these dead millionaires and billionaires uh, should be made to pay the expense of the search and rescue effort. I, I, I don't think that that should be incurred by any government agency or any private entity for that matter. I think that the the estates of these millionaires and billionaires should be made to pay for it. And I think that this entire episode should serve as a cautionary tale to millionaires and billionaires to maybe rethink what it is you want to do with your millions and billions of dollars. You know, we see these millionaires go off and hunt big game and turn around and get killed by the big game that they're hunting. We see them go to the bottom of the ocean to see the Titanic wreckage and watch the uh, the Pringles can that they, that they made into a submersible implode on them. Uh, you know, we're bound to see in the near future, you know it's coming, Some millionaire, some billionaire is going to create a spaceship, going to launch his ass into outer space, and he's going to die out there. And it just... You guys can't think of anything better to do with your money? I mean, anything? Even if it's not to benefit your community, Jesus fucking Christ, why are you guys paying money to essentially die horrible deaths? Personally, I think if you're a millionaire and you don't have a a wall that turns around into a hidden room by pulling a book off of a shelf, you're wasting your money. Hey, I don't weep for these people. I don't cry for these people. I also don't celebrate the loss of these people. I just think it's a tragic reminder of the ignorance and stupidity that run amok in our society, and it proves that giving somebody money or allowing somebody to make money in large quantities does not necessarily give them class and intelligence. So, there are five uh, less millionaires slash billionaires in the world, and uh, the, the year's most bizarre story so far has come to a close. They are now dead. Uh, Now they're just going to try and get some of the wreckage off of the Titanic and the seafloor to inspect it. Why why they're even doing that, I don't know. Just leave it down there. Don't fuck with it anymore. Just leave it the fuck down there. You know what happened to them. We know what their fate is. Let it lie. Let's see if any other millionaires and billionaires actually uh, learn from it. Now, uh, we need to transition into politics, and speaking about learning from things, I sure hope that the voting populace in this country learns from this next segment. I've talked about this on a couple of TikToks. I'm going to talk about this on a few more TikToks. Uh, But this is a glaring problem with the conservative right in this country, the Republican Party in this country. And I hope everybody... Pays attention. Uh, this week, the Michigan House, just like uh, uh, the federal government has a House of Representatives and a Senate, each state has a House of Representatives and a Senate. The Michigan House of Representatives this week voted to ban child marriage. And every vote against the measure came from a Republican. I'm going to read to you now from W.Y.X.Z. in Detroit. The Michigan House of Representatives passed a package of bills that bans child marriage in the state, with five Republicans voting against the bill. The bills, sponsored by Democratic Representative Kara Hope, had wide support in the House and passed with a vote of 104 to 5. The lawmakers who voted against the bills are Representative Steve Kara, Rep. Neil Frisk, Rep. Matt Maddock, Rep. Angela Riggis, and Rep. Josh Shriver. All Republicans. The bills will now move to the State Senate for approval. If passed, no one under the age of 18 would be able to get married. Under current Michigan law, children under the age of 16 can get married with written consent from a parent or guardian and with permission from a judge. And 16 and 17-year-olds can get married with written consent of a parent or legal guardian. Quote, we're giving get-out-of-jail-free cards to child rapists. That's the message child marriage survivor Frady Reese shared with the Senate Judicial, uh, Judicial Committee last year. Reese founded the national organization Unchained at Last. She says more than 5,400 children under 18 have married in Michigan since 2000. Quote, the youngest person in the last 20 years to marry in the state was a 14-year-old child. Under our state laws, when that marriage was consummated, that was then statutory rape, said Courtney Kosnick. I I can't imagine a grown man having sex with a 14-year-old girl. But that's what's happening in some of these states, and and it's not just the Republicans voting against this measure in Michigan. In Missouri, we have a Republican that is standing by his defense of wanting to allow 12-year-olds to marry, specifically 12-year-olds. He was asked about it, and he defended it. Then he was asked about his defense of it, and he defended his defense of it. Republicans in Virginia have made a case in favor of child marriage. Republicans in New Hampshire refuse to repeal a child marriage law that allows children as young as 13 to marry. Wyoming Republicans are under fire for objecting to a ban on kids marrying under the age of 16. West Virginia Republicans blocked a child marriage ban. Republicans in Tennessee proposed legislation that would allow children to marry. This is not a one-off situation. This is happening with the Republican Party in state after state after state in this country. Where there are currently laws that allow children to marry and Democrats are trying to overturn them, Republicans are fighting these measures. And where there are not laws that allow children to marry, Republicans are trying to push said laws. Why are Republicans so adamant about marrying children? In addition to all of that, we know about the, uh, the Arizona news that came out a while back in which the Arizona Supreme Court ruled that the Mormon Church does not have to conceal sexual assault allegations, sexual assault crimes by clergy members because of clergy protection. And every single justice on the Arizona Supreme Court was appointed by a Republican. And it, it just begs the question... What is going on with the Republican Party when it comes to fucking kids? And I hate to be so blunt about it, but that's what it is. And we need to be blunt about it because we need to shock the system here. We need everybody to stand up and pay attention. We need everybody's eyes open and ears perked up because they heard something like they want to fuck kids. We need to get attention, the attention of people and we need to make sure they understand that this is happening because it is happening. State after state after state, Republicans are fighting against not allowing kids to marry. And we're, we haven't even touched on people in the Republican Party like Matt Gates, who's credibly accused of trafficking in minors, Roy Moore, who's credi- credibly ap- accused of trafficking uh, uh, wanting to have sex with minors, Dennis Hastert, the longest-serving Republican Speaker of the House who went to prison for fucking kids, and it doesn't even touch on the flag-bearer of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, who for years has openly discussed his desire to want to fuck his own daughter and who brags about walking in on the Miss Teen pageant while the contestants were naked. These are kids' girls that are 13, 14, 15 years old. Not to mention the fact that he was a real close friend of Jeffrey Epstein. So when you hear Republicans on various social media sites, or elected Republicans on the various news channels, tell you that Democrats are the pedophiles, Democrats are the ones protecting pedophiles, Democrats are the ones that have no problem with pedophilia, bring this to their attention. If Democrats are the ones that are the ones that are protecting uh, Democrats are the ones that are protecting pedophiles, I should say, then why are Republicans the one advocating and fighting so hard to be able to marry children? Why are Republicans the ones that are handing down or rendering rulings that allow churches to conceal the sexual assault of children? You would think that if Democrats were the pedophiles, they would be the ones that are fighting this. It's Democrats are the ones that are trying to get these laws overturned on the state level, and Republicans are the ones that are fighting them. The modern-day Republican is grow fucking tusk in their desire to want to fuck little kids. And that's what, how we need to start describing it. We need to describe it for what it is. They want to fuck little kids. And they want to do it by hiding it under the legal mask of marriage. I can fuck her. She's my wife. Dude, she's 13. I don't give a fuck. She's my wife. I can fuck her. And you know, these are the same guys who bitch moan and complain about uh, Muslims all the time. And what do they tell you about Muslims? Well, Allah married a child bride. Allah married a little girl. Muslims all the time marry little girls because that's how sick they are. Well, So do you guys. You guys are the American Taliban, fucko. Because you want to fuck little girls. (sighs) If we could move from fucking little girls into acting like little girls, uh, we now need to touch on the news story from this week where the House Republicans voted to censure Adam Schiff. I don't know if you saw that particular uh, move this week in the House of Representatives. I'm now going to read to you from the Hill. House Republicans on Wednesday voted to censure Representative... uh, Sorry, I had some notes written down here. uh, Voted to censure Representative Adam Schiff of California, a rare reprimand of a sitting lawmaker that the GOP conference delivered as a rebuke to his efforts against former President Trump. The vote... 213 to 209, with six not voting, is the culmination of a week long push by Representative Anna Paulina, I'm sorry, Anna Paulina Luna of where else but fucking Florida, which was stymied last week when a band of Republicans joined Democrats in blocking a central resolution from coming to the floor for a vote. It advanced on Wednesday after Luna made changes to the measure. It also marked the apex of the Republicans' years-long campaign against Schiff, who emerged as a boogeyman on the right for his unrelenting criticism of Trump's alleged ties to Russia, and was cemented as a chief GOP adversary on Capitol Hill when he led the first impeachment inquiry targeting Trump. Now, they wanted to censure Adam Schiff because they want to, in their own words... Protect the the dignity of the House of Representatives. Okay? Protect the dignity of the House of Representatives. They wanted to uphold the the, uh, the dignity that that chamber carries. (coughs) Excuse me. But I want you to keep in mind that this is a party that, as of today, is still supporting and defending George Santos. A man who lied about everything. Who lied about his education, who lied about his work background, who lied about his financial background, who lied about his ethnicity, who lied about literally everything. Everything about the man is a lie. He's under federal indictment. He's he's got dark donors backing him. Yet the Republicans support him while simultaneously crying about protecting the integrity of the House. This is a party that holds up people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert as examples of their party's leadership. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is most likely involved in the January 6th insurrection in a very direct manner, and who doesn't even know how our government works, and Lauren Boebert, who by all accounts literally fucked her way into the uh, the House of Representatives, because she had dirt on one of her clients, Raphael Ted Cruz of Texas. A former prostitute and a fucking cavewoman are the fucking standard bearers of the Republican Party, and they want to talk about protecting the fucking integrity of the House of Representatives? Clean your own fucking house up first before you start coming after Democrats. By the way, Adam Schiff is running for what is now going to be an open Senate seat in the state of California. And these fucking Republicans gave him center stage to be able to give the speech of a lifetime after censoring him and, most likely, just bolstered his chances of becoming the next senator from the state of California. (laughs) You want to talk about self-ownage? You fucking morons just censured him And next year, he's now probably going to win his Senate seat. Which means he's going to carry with him even more power in another chamber where you can't fucking touch him. He's going to be out there leveling votes or uh, rendering votes to confirm justices. I don't understand how the Republican Party could possibly talk about wanting to respect and uphold the dignity of the chamber of the House of Representatives while continuing to have people in their ranks that defile the House of Representatives on a daily basis. Remember when Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert got up and screamed at the president during the State of the Union address uh, address, like a couple of fucking inbred howler monkeys? Yeah. That's really upholding the dignity of the House of Representatives. These fucking people are so fucking hypocritical. There is nothing, and I mean nothing right now, that would ever make me vote for a Republican on any level. And I have been open to voting for Republicans historically in the past. There isn't a fucking thing that could make me vote for a Republican. They could literally have to wheel Joe Biden up to the podium for his debate in 2024 because he's lost all of his faculties. And then we sit there for an hour and a half watching him drool on himself and shit himself. And I would still race to the polls to vote for the man over Donald Trump or any other fucking Republican in the modern era. There isn't one of them that's worth a shit. Not one. And that's a sad state of affairs because it used to be that we just disagreed on policy, but at least we had respect for each other. I have no respect for these fucking people because they have no respect for themselves. And they keep showing it with every move. By the way, Republicans, to any of you fucking Republican supporters that are listening out there or to any members of Congress that happen to be listening out there, if any of you do, when are you guys going to actually govern for the people? Can you name one thing that the House of Representatives have done to benefit the people of the United States of America since Republicans have taken control this year? Can you name one thing? We've got investigations into people that they don't like. We've got failed impeachment attempts. We've got a censure of Adam Shift. We had, I don't know how many, what did, it, what did it take, 12,784,000 votes in order to just get a fucking speaker elected? Name one fucking thing that the Republican Party has passed in the House of Representatives that has actually benefited the American people since Republicans have taken over. I defy you to. And before anybody says they voted on a measure to not uh, 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 cause our economy to go into default... If you take a look at the measure that they voted for, it's to cut everything across the board by 22%. Cut your programs, cut your benefits, cut your aid, cut everything except for what? Military spending. Cut everything else but military spending by 22%. That does not help the American people. You cannot name one fucking bill that the Republicans have passed that helped the American people since they took over the House of Representatives. Because it doesn't fucking exist. They are only interested in one thing, retribution. They're only concerned with one thing, revenge. They don't care about governing for the people. They are certainly not there to do their fucking jobs. They are there to do Trump's bidding. Period. Now, speaking of Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene, it is said that they had words on the floor of the House today. Uh, This from The Daily Beast. The messy feud between two of the MAGA world's biggest stars burst into public view on Wednesday when Representative Lauren Boebert called Representative, I'm sorry, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene called Representative Lauren Boebert a little bitch to her face on the floor of the House of Representatives. The angry exchange came as the two lawmakers have been swiping at each other over their competing resolutions to impeach President Joe Biden. But tensions came to a head on Wednesday after Boebert leveraged a procedural tool to force a vote on her own impeachment resolution within days, undercutting Green, who had offered her own resolution, but not with the procedural advantage of forcing a vote. Green apparently cursed out Boebert while the House was voting Wednesday afternoon, as the two spoke in the center aisle of the House floor. Part of their interaction was captured on C-SPAN's cameras. According to two sources that saw the exchange, and a third familiar with the matter, the back and forth began when Boebert approached Green, then seated in the chamber, and confronted her over, quote, statements you made about me publicly. <clears throat> All three of the sources said Green called Boebert a bitch. One of the sources said Green called her a little bitch. According to two of the sources, Green then stood up and alleged, alleged that Boebert, quote, copied my articles of impeachment, to which the Colorado lawmaker fired back and said she hadn't even read Green's resolution. Quote, I've donated to you, I've defended to you, but you're being nothing but a little bitch to me, Green told Boebert, according to a source who witnessed the exchange, and you copied my articles of impeachment after I asked you uh, asked you to co-sponsor them. The name-calling was confirmed by another GOP lawmaker and another source who witnessed the exchange. Quote, I heard Marjorie call Bobert a bitch right to her face, one GOP lawmaker said, Granted anonymity by the Daily Beast to speak freely, uh, anonymity to speak freely about the argument. Okay, Marjorie, we're through, Bobert then said, shrugging her shoulders. When Bobert's back turned, Green responded, We were never together. This, ladies and gentlemen, is junior high level bullshit, but it's important junior high level bullshit because what it shows is a true fracturing of the MAGA movement in the Republican ranks. Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene are essentially the same fucking person. They're both scumbag, ignorant, dumb-as-fuck women who are part of the GOP MAGA movement. They don't know their fucking ass from a hole in the ground, and all they want to do is impeach anybody because their guy got impeached. And they can't do it. Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced articles of impeachment. She got three Republicans to uh, agree to it. Lauren Boebert uh, introduced these articles of impeachment. She got two Republicans to agree to it. And now they're arguing over who gets to impeach him. Those are my articles of impeachment, you, you little bitch. No, those are my articles of impeachment. I didn't even read your articles of impeachment. Oh my God, yours of impeachment is so sucky. the fuck is going on in the House of Representatives? What the fuck is going on in the Republican Party? And it just goes to show how divided they really are. They seem like they're on the same path. They both want to impeach Biden, which is true. But if they're not the one that gets to do it, then it doesn't really count. I want to be the one to impeach. I want to be the one that puts the resolution on the floor that gets everybody to vote on it. Not you, you little bitch. This is what the Repar- Republican Party has become. And just to show you that the divide isn't just there over who gets to impeach Biden or not, who is Trump's big hero right now? Durham. The special prosecutor that he appointed. Right? The Durham report exonerates me. The Durham report shows this. The Durham report shows that. Well, Durham testified before Congress this week and had to admit under direct questioning from Democrats that he was not prohibited from indicting anybody he wanted. yet he didn't indict the people that the Republicans wanted him to indict. He pulled two court cases together in five years and lost both of them because they were both bullshit cases. Well, during that testimony this week, one of the MAGA faithful, Matt Gates, blew up at Durham. At the same time that Donald Trump was on Truth Social, praising Durham. I'm going to read to you from Mediaite. Florida Republican Representative Matt Gates tore into Special Counsel John Durham on Wednesday during a House Judiciary Committee. Hearing and accused the uh, hearing and accused the Trump era prosecutor of being part of the cover-up. Gates, known for his flame throwing rhetoric, lit into Durham for not prosecuting more individuals that he believed were part of a conspiracy that fueled the FBI's investigation into allegations that Trump took cam- uh, the Trump campaign coordinated with Russia. "Quote: Do you see how silly this looks? You found the lawyer." You found the phones, but the actual dude who got ordered by Western Intelligence to go start this thing you couldn't find, Gates declared as he grilled Durham. It's, it's kind of laughable. It seems like more than disappointment. It seems like you weren't really trying to expose the true core of the corruption that you were trying to. You were trying to go at it another way, Gates raged. Yeah, as we said in the report, I said in my opening remarks, we pursued the facts as best we could," Durham replied. "How about this fact, Mister Durham? The entire Mueller team does a hard reset on their apple uh, fo- on their apple phones and synchronization to wipe any evidence. Did you investigate that?" Gates asked. "I read that," Durham replied. "Did you investigate that? Who gave the order on the Mueller team to wipe the phones?" Gates demanded. "Yeah, that was not something that we were asked to look at, and we didn't," replied Durham. That's not true, Mr. Durham, Gates shot back. That is not true, because I am holding the document that authorizes your activity, and it specifically says the investigation of special counsel Robert Mueller. Gates declared holding up a document. Later in the exchange, Gates again accused Durham of not following through with his mandate. It's literally the scope of what your charging order is. Who put it in motion? We get, after it was put in motion, the FBI did a bunch of wrong and corrupt things, totally understand We're trying to deal with that. But when you're part of the cover-up, Mr. Durham, then it makes our job harder. Mr. Durham replied, Yeah, well, if that's your side, I mean, there's no way of dissuading you from that. I can tell you that it's offensive and that people who worked on this investigation have spent their lives trying to protect people in this country and pursue within the law what 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 it is that we do is authorized to do. That doesn't make any sense. You tried two cases, lost both of them, and then one plea deal, uh, plea guilty, one plea guilty plea you got, Kleinsmith. Kleinsmith is back to practicing law in Washington D.C. today. Gates rage, referring to Kevin Kleinsmith, who admitted to altering an email to seek surveillance warrants against former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. Durham replied, "Yeah, that's beyond my control. Basically, I don't fucking allow people to work or not work in private companies." And of course, Gates went on to bitch at him for allowing the plea deal to go through. See, what the Republicans are mad at Durham about is that he didn't make up enough evidence to indict enough people to falsely throw enough people in prison for their liking. Durham investigated this for five years. He spent $10 million of taxpayer money and wasted five years of his time to get zero convictions that resulted in zero man-hours of incarceration. And his ultimate report, the final report, the Durham report that you keep hearing people talk about, uh, was released with zero recommendations for new indictments. He didn't recommend anybody new get indicted. Not Hillary Clinton, not Barack Obama, not Jim, James Comey, none of them. Because he doesn't have any evidence to support any of that. They asked him at one point in time about um, uh, indicting Hillary Clinton. Matt Gates said, why didn't you indict Hillary Clinton? He goes, well, we would have if we had evidence that she did something wrong. I, how anybody could look at the Durham report and go, there it is, there's a smoking gun, there, a, there, a, there, is fucking beyond me. It's a nothing burger Of monumental proportions. And even the Republicans in the House are now screaming at him for not being crooked enough. How come you didn't make up more evidence and indict more people? Uh, Because we didn't have evidence to indict these fucking people. And that is Trump's hero. That's the guy who Trump says exonerates him and shows that everybody else should be locked up. Hillary Clinton should be locked up, Barack Obama should be locked up, James Comey should be locked up, FBI agents should be locked up, all of them should be locked up except for Trump based on a report that resulted in zero fucking convictions and recommends zero fucking new indictments. Can't make it up, folks. Can't make it up. Now, speaking of plea deals, another plea deal was entered into court this week. And Republicans are losing their ever-loving shit about it. And that, of course, is the Hunter Biden plea deal. Hunter Biden was accused of not paying taxes for two years. I believe it was 2017 and 2018. And lying on a background check to uh, receive a firearm. He did not pay taxes in 2017 and 2018, but has since paid those taxes back. And he did lie on a background check when he said he wasn't a drug user, you have to admit that you're a drug user when you're applying for um, your your um, when you're filling out your background check in order to purchase uh, a gun. So <clears throat> he was investigated for five years by a prosecutor that was appointed by Donald Trump. And that five-year investigation has now come to a head with a plea deal that that prosecutor has made with Hunter Biden in which he's going to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of not paying his taxes and nothing's going to happen to him on the gun charge and he's going to serve no jail time. And the right is losing their fucking mind. Oh, we got a sweetheart deal. Look at this. It, It helps when your daddy is president. Daddy had nothing to do with it. This was a Trump-appointed prosecutor. Are you guys saying that Trump maybe appointed a prosecutor that was incapable of doing his job properly? Because if anybody gave him a sweetheart deal, it was the Trump-appointed prosecutor. The fact of the matter is, is that people all the time get plea deals for their tax evasion because the IRS is not particularly interested in locking people up. The IRS is only interested in one thing, getting their fucking money. And he already paid back his fucking money. So they already got what they wanted out of him. And I find it amazing that the Second Amendment crowd, the people who say that the Constitution is the only permit that they need, In order to carry a gun, to own and carry a gun in this country, all of a sudden, want people like Hunter Biden to fill out background checks 100% precisely. Well, you didn't, you missed one fucking question on a background check. You shouldn't be allowed to own a gun. You illegally owned a gun. Now, all of a sudden, they give a fuck about who owns guns. Now all of a sudden they give a fuck about who pays taxes. Remember when they all told you that Trump was brilliant for avoiding his taxes? Now Hunter Biden's a criminal for avoiding his. So do you guys think that people should pay the least amount of taxes humanly possible and be able to own a gun simply because the Constitution says so? Or does that only apply to fucking Republicans? And here's the best part about all of it. And this truly is the cherry on the fucking Sunday for this entire thing. Hunter Biden isn't going to serve a fucking minute of jail time while Trump is facing 400 years behind bars if he's convicted and set to the maximum uh, sentence on all the charges he's facing. Which means Hunter Biden is most likely going to watch the news. You see? You hear the dogs barking? You guys can hear that, right? So, my neighbor to the side of me has a fenced in backyard, and my neighbor behind me does not. And the neighbor behind me's dog was in the backyard, and the neighbor behind me just let their dogs out, as you need to do. You got to let your dogs out. And they're arguing with, you, with each other at the fence. And it gets, uh, it gets quite, no, I, you know, I'm not one of those people that's going to call the cops or bitch and moan to my neighbor's dog's bark. It happens. But, I mean, you can hear that, right? I mean, they were going at each other uh, through the little gaps in the fence. <sighs> anyway, I digress. That means that Hunter Biden is most likely going to watch the news of Trump's verdict from his new laptop at home while not doing a fucking minute of jail time. And that right there, you're going to have to forgive me, makes my fucking dick hard. The fact that we know that Trump is most likely going to be found guilty, whether or not he actually serves jail time is another story, but he is going to be found guilty on these charges. And the only way he is not found guilty on these charges in a court of law is if he cuts a plea deal where he admits to his guilt in order to keep his ass out of prison. Meanwhile, the one that they're all going after, the one that they've all been screaming about for the longest time, Hunter Biden, is going to serve 0.0 days in prison. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Now, speaking of Trump's trial, that's where we need to wrap up this week's podcast because Trump's trial is speeding along. The, uh, The court case was set for August 14th. And all pre-trial motions have to be in by the end of July. They have to be wrapped up. From Reuters, U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon has set an initial trial date of August 14th in Florida on former President Donald Trump's federal charges of willful retention of classified government records and obstruction of justice, according to a court filing on Tuesday. The Justice Justice Department Special Counsel in the case, Jack Smith, promised a speedy trial. (laughs) Excuse me. After a 37-count indictment, charging Trump with willfully retaining classified government records and obstructing justice. The date, if it holds, would put Trump on trial nine days ahead of the first Republican presidential debate scheduled for August 23rd. That would be the primary debates. Yeah. So, hang on a second. Let's just switch gears here for a minute. People are saying that this is moving a little too quickly. A federal case, predominantly federal cases, are usually handled within about 70 days of the indictment coming down. If you look at a calendar from when Jack Smith laid out the first indictments to when the uh, court case actually is, it's right at that 70 to 75 day mark, roughly. So the court case being, uh, the, the the hearing being be, uh, started on August 14th is right on uh, the, uh, the proposed time frame that most federal cases are. Having to have all of the pretrial motions in by the end of July makes sense because two weeks after the end of July, the court case begins. So all the motions that are going to be made by Trump's lawyers to throw out the case or to... Uh, Have this evidence or that evidence or this evidence or that evidence not uh, be uh, 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 submitted in court. All of that's got to be wrapped up by the end of July. And then we're going to know what we're looking at as we head into the August 14th start of this trial. But this week was also the start of discovery. Now, if you guys don't know what discovery is, that means if if the government is going to prosecute you, if the government has a case against you, the government has to provide your lawyers... Everything they have on you. So that your lawyers have the adequate amount of time to put together an adequate defense of the charges being made against you. Uh, That's discovery. Well, the discovery process began this week uh, when Jack Smith handed over to Trump's lawyers all of the grand jury testimony which led to the indictments to begin with. Which means Trump now has in his possession... The names of all of the people who are going to testify against him in this case and what they all told the grand jury that caused the grand jury to say, yeah, we got to indict this motherfucker. And you know Trump is bouncing off the fucking walls now that he knows that information because he wants to put that information out into the public sphere. He wants to let everybody know, this fucking person's a traitor and that fucking person's a coward and I didn't know this person and this person was just a coffee uh, coffee boy or whatever fucking bullshit excuse he's got to make. However, Trump can't discuss that shit. Trump and his team have been ordered to not disclose anything that they get in discovery to the general public, either through the news or through social media. So Trump can't go on Truth Social and go, Bob Smith testified against me in the grand uh, grand jury uh, testimony and said X, Y, or Z, and that's all bullshit and false. Bob Smith's a lying sack of shit. He wants to, because that's how he operates, but he can't. He now knows every employee that works for him that turned on him. He now knows what they told the grand jury and what they're planning on telling the jury in this trial, if he chooses a jury trial. Once again, Trump still has the right to pick a judge trial, which is called a bench trial, or a jury trial. A jury trial means that a jury has to find you guilty or acquit you. Or, uh, acquit you. Uh, a bench trial means that decision is left up to the judge. What's the difference? Well, in a bench trial, the judge is solely responsible for the decision making. And once the verdict is read, once the decision is made, the federal government cannot appeal that decision. The judge made the ruling. That's it. In a jury trial, the jury finds you guilty or innocent and you can appeal that decision. They're going to most likely go with the jury trial. In the hopes that they can find one Trump supporter, that they can taint one mind in a jury pool. But here's the bottom line with this. This case seems so rock solid, so airtight, that I don't see how anybody could look at the evidence and go, Wow, he didn't do what he did. And that's just based on what we already fucking know. And it's rumored that we know about a third of what Jack Smith knows. So this is going to be a wild summer. If this case truly kicks off on August 14th, this trial is going to be wrapped up before Thanksgiving. We will know the fate of the first criminal charges against the former president before we head into the holidays. Was he found guilty? Was he acquitted? Is he going to prison? Is he getting home confinement? What's the story? We're going to know before the snow flies. And then we're going to find out about Georgia And New York, and more federal indictments coming from Jack Smith, it is going to be a wild summer. Watch this space because we're going to be talking more about this in the weeks to come, boys and girls. But for now, that's all I got for you. I've got some errands to run. I got to go pick up our check for our trucking company. I got to do some tree pruning. I got to do some laundry. So, you guys have one hell of a weekend. I've got a wedding to attend tomorrow. I got to get my shit together for that. Uh, Do me a favor, tune in next week for an all-new episode, and until then, as always, stay grateful.